Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Gekonia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. Good evening, Gecko Nation. Welcome to another edition of Gecko Nation Radio. Today is January 31st, 2016, and uh, we're going strong into the new year. Uh, got a bunch of great shows coming up for you. Next week, we have Jason White from Daily Reptile News chiming in on some topics. And uh, tonight, we have Cheryl Mitchell with Scaly Tales Reptile Rescue. Um, there's a lot of animals out there that need homes, folks, and it's not just with dogs and cats and birds and stuff. Uh, there's some scaly and slimy amphibians and scaly reptiles that need homes, too, and um, I guess if you're just looking for a pet and you're not looking for a special bloodline or something, it's uh, probably best to try to adopt a pet. Um, it's uh, There's always somebody out there that needs to find homes for their animals, a lot of reasons why people can't care for them anymore. Um, tonight we're going to talk to Cheryl about uh, what it's like running a rescue and what it takes to do it and uh, some of her insights into uh, what she's seen, maybe some trends that she's uh, seen going on. I think the folks that commented on my post in the group with some questions, that's great. I do have a lot of questions for Cheryl tonight. So I think it'll be a good, uh, interesting show, different, uh, different spin on things. You'd, normally, we have a lot of breeders on talking about uh, their progress uh, projects and stuff and progress with them, but uh, this is going to be a little different. So, uh, hope you guys like what we're putting together for tonight. Uh, of course, uh, Gecko Nation Radio would not be possible without our amazing sponsors, and we love our sponsors. They're just terrific people, terrific businesses, and uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about them right now. Um, if you have a pen and paper nearby, uh, I have a couple of coupon codes for you, too, for discounts on them. Um, but, of course, with each one of these sponsors, mention the show, uh, tell them you're a listener of the show, and uh, they're going to treat you pretty good. They're going to treat you good anyway, because these are definitely trustworthy sources, but maybe they'll treat you a little extra special for listening to the show. And I hope everybody that made it to the White Plains Reptile Expo today had a great time. I didn't make it, couldn't make it there this time. Maybe next time, we'll see. But uh, our uh, original sponsor, one of our first sponsor, is uh, the biggest uh, reptile supply distributor at the White Plains Show and at pretty much all the shows in the Northeast going from uh, Maryland to New Hampshire now, and that would be Dale's Bearded Dragons. Now, when you go to any of these expos uh, in the Northeast, you're going to see a lot of people walking around with black shirts with yellow and red uh, writing on it saying DPD Pet. That's them, all right? And they knew they know who we are. They know who Gecko Nation Radio fans are. So all you got to do is mention the show. They're going to give you 10% off at these expos. And, you know, you're, you're already getting awesome prices at expos anyway. So definitely take advantage if you can, all right, if you're there anyway. 
mention the show to any of the workers there, and they're going to hook you up. So definitely check out DVD Pet. And DVDPet.com online is another great place to get those supplies from them. And they're cheaper than all the big box stores and a lot of the other reptile supply distributors. All right? And they go one step further and give us a coupon code for you guys to use. All right? And they also have an app now, too, that DVD Pet. Check the app store for that. But when you buy from them online, use the code GNR5. GNR5, all in caps, okay? That's your code for them. All right. Now you get anything from them. Exoterra, Zoomade products, lighting, heating, just about everything. They have FlexLite heat tape, all the good stuff. And while we're talking about FlexLite, let's also talk about this huge rack manufacturer who's just blowing up. I remember when he just started out, he was kind of small, but now he's really taken over. And that would be Sea Serpents. The letter C S C R P E N T S, SeaSerpents.com, and Hotbox Incubators. Dot com, okay? Great racks. Have a good keep in there. American-made FlexLot. Uh, the incubators are plug-and-play. You basically have a thermostat, everything hooked up, ready to go, lights in there. Awesome, awesome products. Very safe, good stuff. So check out their racks and check out the incubators. That's SeaSerpent.com. All right, let's talk about... Wow, these are awesome sponsors. Let's talk about Ron Tremper. Ron Tremper over at LeopardGecko.com. We love Ron Tremper. He's got some amazing gecko morphs for you guys to see. He's also breeds snakes, ball pythons, uh, sand boas, really cool stuff, and some corn snakes too. So uh, definitely check out Ron Tremper over at LeopardGecko.com. And if you're new to leopard geckos and want to learn about leopard gecko morphs, download his app called LG Pro. Okay, it's LG Pro. It's got basically an encyclopedia of morphs in there help you get a good start on learning about morphs, okay? A lot of people have questions when they're new uh, about leopard gecko morphs. There's so many now. So it's a good place for you guys to get some good information. also got an app called Leopard Gecko Care, which is basically a leopard gecko handbook right on your smartphone. All in, all in the app store, folks. <clears throat> Excuse me one second. All right. I have a little bit of asthma today, but I'm okay. All right. Next, uh, Supreme Gecko. You guys like crested geckos and day geckos, and you need supplies for them, and uh, great videos on how to care for them, all kinds of awesome information, check out SupremeGecko.com. More than just a sales website. He's got, well, he does a great job over there. A lot of good stuff at Supreme Gecko. And, of course, Ohio Gecko. Check out Ohio Gecko if you like tangerines and fat tails and other cool leopard gecko morphs. That's OhioGecko.com. And, of course, Mr. John Scarborough from Gecko Boa Reptiles. That's geckoboa.com and on Facebook, Gecko Boa Reptiles. Uh, John Scarborough specializes in very high-end leopard gecko morphs, some very unique projects of his own, and some bloodlines that are hard to come by that um, could get lost someday if uh, responsible breeders don't keep them going. So if you like some really high-end, very nice uh, leopard gecko morphs and uh, also, leopard gecko wild types. John Scarborough is the man for that. So that's geckoboa.com and geckoboa reptiles. And of course, sooner or later, you got to feed all these critters, right? Well, we got two awesome sources of insects for you. Number one, rainbowmealworms.net. Everybody loves rainbow. There's a reason for that. They're one of the best. They've been going since like 1956, I believe. 
and they own a whole city block in California. So definitely check out rainbowmealworms.net. And uh, Cheryl, if you're listening, uh, mention to Rainbow that you're a rescue, okay? And maybe they can help you out a little bit, all right? That's rainbowmealworms.net. And let's see. Oh, and the other one, abdragons, abdragons.com. Guys, if you're into roaches, if you're sick and tired of crickets, which a lot of people are, and you want to take the next step in evolution to feed your insect-eating reptiles, then dubia roaches are for you. They don't make noise. They don't get out. They don't chirp. They don't stink. They're just, uh, and they're very nutritious for your geckos and monitors and frogs, everything. All right? So that's abdragons.com. And right, get your pen ready. Write down this code, GECKO, all in caps. That's your code to get five. I think he's giving five or 10% off now. So definitely take advantage of that. That's abdragons.com. All right. And let's see. Reptiles Express. I love Reptiles Express. I use Reptiles Express to ship all my geckos to my customers. And I love their shipping supplies, especially their boxes. They have the really thick insulation, styrofoam insulation in the boxes. Boxes are very clearly marked that they have live animals in there. And I've never, ever had a problem getting my animals to where they got to go. All right? Best place to get your FedEx labels. All right? And now you can ship to Puerto Rico and Canada with them. All right, which is awesome. And it's free membership. Just uh, go on the website, sign up. If you have any questions about how to do it, ask for Amy. She'll help you out. Let's see. Oh, yes, reptilestickers.com and happy gecko stickers on Facebook. If you guys need some banners and promotional materials, stickers, some graphic design stuff, that's the place to go. Ask for Rachel. She will help you out, reptilestickers.com. And happy gecko stickers on Facebook. All right. And last but not least, just want to mention two other shows for you. Uh, if you guys like what we do here in Gecko Nation Radio, definitely check out Herpentine Radio here on Blog Talk. And they have a group on Facebook. And, of course, Corn on the Pod. If you guys like corn snakes and colubrids, they do some cool shows occasionally, too. So definitely check out Corn on the Pod. And uh, Morelia Python Radio is another good one, too. All right, so we got all the sponsors out of the way. Of course, I'd like to welcome you guys to call into the show tonight if you have any questions related to the topic discussion, reptile rescues. The call-in number is 646-478-5331. And when you call in, if you just want to listen in on your phone, you can do that, just call the number. But when you call in, if you want to come on the air with a question, press 1, and I will put you, I'll see you in the call queue, and I will bring you on the air. That's how we do it. All right, I think that's it for business. Uh, one last thing, uh, if you like uh, the show and uh, everything, and you follow us on Facebook, please share the, the post once in a while so other people can find us, all right? We're a small show. We have a really broad uh, download. I don't know, we have thousands and thousands of downloads. I think we're well up into the 70,000s or more, something, something like that now. So we do have a good following. So, But we would love to reach more people. So definitely... Share the posts, share the links if you can. It would be great. And uh, more people can find us and enjoy the show. All right. Well, we're not going to waste any more time. Let's go ahead and bring on Cheryl. Cheryl from Scaly Tales, you are live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hello. Hi, Cheryl. How's it going? Pretty good. Kind of busy. I've got a Is weird it... schedule 
uh, this weekend because I've got this at 8 p.m. and then I'm going to be on Fox 59 in Indianapolis at 6:20 a.m. <laughs> tomorrow. Oh my God! Oh wow! Yeah. What's going on over at Fox? What are you going to discuss with them? Um, I guess it's February 1st is World Serpent Day, which I didn't know. Hmm. And uh, I've been on there previously. I brought uh, my giant sulcata tortoise and a beardy and a ball python on there. So they contacted me again, and I'm going to be bringing uh, one of my juvenile. I have a blood red corn snake that I got from Justin Geyer, so I'm going to bring her on, and my juvenile red-tailed boa and a different ball python. But, yeah, for uh, World Snake Day or World Serpent Day. That's awesome. So you're going to be on the TV today, and that's going to be early in the morning, right? Like Very here. early. I have, I have to leave Bloomington at like 4 a.m. to get there. Oh my God! Well, I the appreciate you giving us like, some of your time tonight. Oh no problem. I enjoy it. I'm love talking about the critters. That's cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Cheryl? How did you get started in reptiles, and uh, what what got you up to the point where you decided to uh, start a rescue for? Okay. Well, back in uh, oh Lord, um, back in '96, '97. I started working at a local pet store, and being my mom raised us, but my grandparents had a big hand in raising us, so we were allowed to have all kinds of pets except for reptiles. My grandfather was scared of them. So I'd taken care of just about everything in the store but the reptiles, and I was like, okay, I'm not really sure I'm doing this right. And it wasn't one of those places where you got trained. It was just like, this is what you do, follow the checklist. So at Little kids will ask me at this point, so you Googled it, right? I'm like, yeah, no, there was no Google back in 97. (laughs) So I went down to the public library, used the card catalogs, and got books. And the more I read about reptiles, the more fascinated I was with them. And I felt like I was caring for them better in the store. So, of course, anyone who works at a pet store knows you end up buying stuff from the store. So I started getting snakes and lizards and stuff. And at the time, my now 22-year-old son was in – elementary school and if you have a child in elementary school you have no secrets they tell the teacher everything (laughs) and uh i got a phone call from his teacher saying your son says you have these snakes and lizards i'm like yeah she goes would you please bring them in and show them to all the children in the class i'm like sure that'd be fun and then that was a big hit and then another teacher called from that school and another teacher and then a teacher in another school called and it just kind of snowballed from there and then about oh, two, three years later, someone came up to me and said, hey, do you ever take in reptiles? I was like, well, I hadn't thought about it, but, yeah, if I feel it's something I can I can take care of, I'll do that. So pretty much hit the ground running from there. Um, we uh, don't take in – I don't take in venomous just because that is not, you know – I'm not. I'm not permitted. I'm not trained. That is not something you, I, I think anyone should step into without the proper knowledge. Well, you shouldn't step into any of these animals without the proper knowledge. But I don't take in venomous. I don't take in crocodilians. If I had more space, I'd take in iguanas. I have experience with them, but I don't. And I don't have the space or training really for the really huge snakes like berms and retics. But I've mm-hmm. cultivated a lot of people. Uh, in southern Indiana that are reptile people. I've got a guy in Bedford that I can refer venomous to, and I've got a guy, a couple people up in Indianapolis I can refer the really big stuff to. So it's it's really nice with the networking. But, yeah, that's how it started. And uh, hopefully next month we'll be uh, starting the paperwork to become a 501c3. That's awesome. Now, how long have you been rescuing them now? How many years? Uh, Well, I started... 
talking about him in 97, so it was like 99 or 2000, I started rescuing. And we've always had anything floating between 24 to 30 animals at any time. Once I started, a couple years after I started rescuing, it's usually about a little less than half our stuff I've gotten for myself, and the rest are word of mouth. It's always, I'm always like, how did you hear about me? So, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I started uh, doing a, um, I've been doing a fundraiser, a crowd rise thing, because uh, I currently rent a three bedroom, uh, kind of like townhouse condo, and it was sold last year. And the original people that managed it had no problem. They just said, "Well, tell me approximately how many reptiles you have." I said, "Well, it varies." <laughs> You know, it varies from <clears throat> excuse me. It varies from what's come in, what gets adopted out, what sadly passes. Because sometimes, by the time it, it's that old thing, anyone who's got experienced reptiles know um, by the time they're acting sick, it can sometimes be too late. So yeah. I, I get stuff in that state. That's the really sad part of running a rescue. But uh, the new people were like, "Yeah, we don't like reptiles. Your grandfathered mm-hmm. in for your dog, your cat, and your bird, but we want you to find another place for the reptiles, or just move out altogether. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, the reptiles are the most quiet. The ones you don't even yeah, the, really know are there. I, I've explained. I said, look, this is not Wild Kingdom. They're not like snakes hanging from the rafters and lizards on the wall. <laughs> um, not that I would have a problem with that. I think that's the best pest control method you can have. But, <laughs> but you know, it's uh. So I started scrambling around. I thought I had a place set up at a at a thing called Artist Alley in Bloomington, but that fell through because it turns out their insurance wouldn't cover live animals. It's 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 all kinds of artists and woodworkers and stuff. So I found a friend's house just down the street, and I'm leasing his second bedroom. So let's see, I've got four <laughs> reptiles still here at the house, two beardies. Uh, yellow belly sliders because I really don't want to take apart his aquatic tank, and uh, yeah. my sulcata that I got this past summer, last summer, well, yeah, summer 2015. I'm still switching over, um, but everybody else, like 24, 25 of them, are. It's a nice size bedroom, and I've had people donating shelves and stuff. So uh, it's it's there's no way you could put a bed in there. I mean, we're even using the closet. <laughs> But uh, wow. so that's it up for now. That's why I'm doing the fundraiser so I can officially rent a location that I can have an official location. Hopefully, once I get the 501c3, I'll be able to qualify for some grants. Um, people are always like, "Yeah, but it's not like a real rescue. It's not dogs and cats." I'm like, yeah, it's a real rescue. They're still animals, and you wouldn't believe right. my heat bill. <laughs> it's like I can just put a blanket on my puppy. But uh, yeah. I've had people say, why don't you just put blankets on your lizards? It's like, okay, let's sit down and discuss ectothermic as versus endothermic. <laughs> How much is your heat bill a month? My heat bill? Well, before we moved them out, what was it, Darren? About 300 to 400 a month? Yeah, yeah 300 to 400 a month. It was really yeah. weird. It's been really weird this winter because we moved them out. Um, I think in November we started moving them out. And I've been here. This is my second year here at this location. And I'm used to my, because I live in the upstairs bedrooms, one of the upstairs bedrooms. And I'm used to, you know, all that heat rising. Because what I had before was I had one of those combo dining room, living rooms. And when I moved in, it was just reptile room. (laughs) Reptile room, (laughs) kitchen, and half bath. That's what was all on the main floor. And it's been really weird having space. My kids are happy, but... 
um, the, the heat would rise. So in uh, worse in the summer, but in the winter it was nice and toasty upstairs. And this one, I'm like, why is my bedroom cold? Do I have to actually turn the heat up now? Because <laughs> yeah. you know, with all those heat lamps, you don't even have to run your regular heat that much. I was running at like 68 or something. But, yeah, I've had to crank it up. It's weird. I, I kind of miss being able to just come downstairs and go, hey, I haven't handled you in a week. Come on out. Let's, let's watch stuff on the computer. That that I kind of miss. Um, yeah. yeah. You mentioned I, the heat lamps. Um, do you find that, they, that the bulbs being made today just, like, burn out so easily and they're so expensive? Because when I was oh younger, my gosh. Yes. they would last uh, I've so been very, long. I've been very fortunate that uh, places have been donating, even though I'm not a 501c3 right now. Um, is it okay if I mention a couple companies? Yeah, go right ahead. That's fine. Um, ZooMed has been fabulous the last several years. Twice a year, I tell them, okay, I kind of need some more stuff. And they send me out uh, gift boxes. And my kids are always like, why is, why is Mommy just jumping up and down? It's like, well, this is Christmas for Mommy. <laughs> and then <laughs> Zilla just recently... It was really crazy, Zilla. The, the guy knocked at the door, and I, he had two boxes. And I said, oh, good. He goes, oh, no, lady, this is just the beginning. <laughs> and I had to oh, have wow. my son and the neighbor's son help bring in all the boxes. So it's – and I looked around, and my son said, it looks like we're opening up a pet store. I said, yeah, I know, it does, doesn't it? But uh, they've been That's really good. Cool. I was wondering if I was the only one seeing that when I first got into it. Well, to be honest, when I first got into it, quite often I just bought – large water incandescents, you know, because yep, they yep. give off heat. That's one of their flaws. I really hated when they made them, you know, illegal because then you have to go there. Stuff. The the regular day bulbs and stuff I don't have as much problem with, um, but UV bulbs lately, I don't know what – I know they're delicate because they've got all those pages of instructions that come with them and stuff, But um, and you basically have to go get hazmat suits if you break one. But oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, some heat bulbs and a lot of UV bulbs these days are just, I don't know what's, maybe it's because of the law regarding incandescence. I, I don't know. I'm not on the production side. But it seems like they just burn out like crazy. And, and I feel bad for anyone who has to buy them. I mean, I support pet stores for the most part because they, they promote information. And Petco has been really great. I've been doing the reptile rally for the last six years. But you know, the cost of buying bulbs at a pet store are crazy. And to pay that much money and have something go pop like a month later, is it, it's got to be frustrating. And whatever stuff I buy, I usually buy either online or I go to a reptile expos because I prefer to, yeah. you know, support local, support the people in the business, support. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it seems like there are a few brands that are worse than others, but, I thought my kids were always like, "Don't throw that. If that hits a hits a bulb or bumps a bulb, mom will freak out." And <laughs> yeah, so, I think they're just made so cheaply and mass produced in China these days that you know, the quality just isn't there anymore, like it used to be. And I used yeah, to use the, plant grow bulbs and stuff, and they would last me a long time. But yeah, it's just no more. the UV ones. You got to be real careful if they, if you accidentally bump into the fixture. I've had them short out, you know, just pop out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, you know. So I like the fluorescent fixtures for that. They seem to last a lot longer than the incandescent type. But sometimes mm -hmm. it just just not always work to put in a long fluorescent tube. So, um, Yeah, definitely. It's, 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 it's frustrating expensive. because, 
you would think that the the it would be the opposite that the technology would continue to improve since people that make incandescents for animal use or plant use are still allowed under the law. You would think they would want to really you know improve upon that, but yeah. like you said, it's, it's probably so uh, mass source mass sourced out from china and and well, you got to think about it, all that stuff has been shipped over on a one of those boats and those shipping containers, so who knows how often they've been banged around and, you know. Yeah, so, that's a good yeah, point. I, that too. Yeah. I miss, I miss, I miss regular incandescent bulbs because, you know, you could go out and get some hundred waters and somebody a long time ago, here's here, here's an example that proves that, that the older bulbs are better. Somebody gave me, this was a long time ago, uh, these are ginormous. For, I don't know where they got them from, but they're 200 watt incandescent bulbs. They're great big, oh, wow. huge. They look like a joke. They're they're monstrous, but they fit great for. I've got four tortoises, and the, the more heat, mm-hmm. the better for tortoises. I mean, up to a point, and those last the longest of any incandescent. I still have a few of those left. And I just use those for my uh, tortoises because they you can't uh, they stick out from the the dome, but. I mean, I've got them either in ginormous tubs or one of them came with a tortoise table, so it doesn't matter. But it's really kind of funny. These really old 200-watt bulbs, they're still going, some of them. That oh, kind of tells good, you yeah. how the quality's gone down. Yeah, I. it's just really frustrating. I mean, I go, I go through so much stuff anyways. I mean, I go through – I use critter carriers for a lot of my demonstrations, and I don't know what it is, but after a certain amount of time – the plastic gets brittle, and the lids either start sticking or the plastic cracks. Or um, It can be frustrating, all the things you have to replace. I know. Things are just not made well anymore. It's it's a shame. Um, yeah, I grew up when things were kind of a little tougher, uh, but I've definitely seen things just start declining after a while. But, um, yeah. Well, what, what, are, what are the most types of uh, herps that you see coming in and being rehomed these days? Well, I, they kind of go in these weird cycles. Like uh, years ago, years and years ago when I was a teenager, don't ask how many years, just years and years ago, um, I bred and showed Afghan hounds. In fact, that's the one dog I have right now is a very old Afghan hound. And any time something got popular, there was a boom. And I, I had to be careful because, you know, like a specialty animal, an Afghan hound is not for everyone. It's really tough to train them because they're not stupid they're they're like cats. They're like, okay, but what's in it for me to come to you? <laughs> and whenever like Beverly Hills Cop would come out, they'd always have a scene with somebody walking an Afghan hound, and they had a, a I think it was a Coke ad or a Pepsi ad with a guy with a blonde and a convertible. And when he came around the corner, it was an Afghan hound. And you had to be careful because everybody wanted one, but not everybody knew or bothered to find out the care. And I get that like with uh, a couple years ago, we had bearded dragons like crazy and feeding a bearded dragon is like feeding a teenager <laughs> and oh, yeah. we had like nine or ten of them at one point and it's like i mean normally this is just normally with a normal uh mix of stuff i've got i go through about a thousand crickets every two weeks but i was doing that a thousand crickets every week when i had that many and right now oh, yeah. it's ball pythons i'm getting so many yeah. normal ball pythons it's crazy i've got six or seven now i just Got a couple of messages, one up in Kokomo and one somewhere else. Um, it's 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 like phases, you know. Something becomes really popular, 
and then when it starts to die down, or I, sometimes I wonder if people just get these because, you know, they're more pet quality than breeding quality because they seem to all be normals. Um, I think they get tired of them. And with all the people out there planning on making their fortune off breeding ball pythons, there's 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 a ton of normals that are just flooding the market. So it's yeah. I'm curious to see what's going to be uh, the next trade. I'm really hoping that U.S. Arc wins their uh, – fight against the government, because I do not want to get flooded with red tail poets. <laughs> so, oh, red tails, and God knows where they're going to go from there if they if they get the foot in the door with that. So, yeah, the thing is, that they're supposedly soon. worried about them uh, being turned loose, but the worst thing you can do is make it where people can't move. And I was talking to, Dar- that was who I was talking to, Darren, my partner, he he helps me with a lot of stuff with the, with the rescue, that... <clears throat> Once we do get set up in a location, I want to start working on a program where it's kind of like, you know, how you board your dog somewhere, but instead for military people when they get deployed, because some of them don't have anybody else or they can't. It's really hard to find a reptile sitter. So I'm I'm hoping in the future to, to work something like that into my rescue because, you know, You've got these people that are crossing lines and state lines, and they—they, they, I mean, they're in the military. That's what being in the military is—you get moved around a lot. And some of these laws are just going crazy. And I know um, some people have been freaking out over the um, law that just got enacted over the salamanders. And I understand that's trying to halt the 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 invasion of this. Uh, the I believe it's the chytrid fungus for the salamanders. You know, it also affects people. And, of course, people also panic and say, you just can't own them anymore, and I have to calm people down and say, no, you can own them. You just can't cross state lines with them. And so oh, please yeah. don't turn them loose. Um, I work with a local organization here because I looked into taking care of native reptiles, and there's a lot of paperwork and legal stuff. Plus, in Indiana, if you're, if you're uh, permitted to care for native animals, the DNR at any day and night can show up and make you take something. And the idea of being woke up at 2 a.m. to pit, taking in a snapping turtle did not really set well with me. <laughs> so I I decided, yeah, you know, I really don't have the, I don't have a facility really, so I'm going to pass on that for now. But there's a wonderful thing in town called in Bloomington called uh, Wild Care, and they take care of all natives, birds, deer, possums, raccoons, um, reptiles, and we kind of work off each other because like uh, last. Early fall, someone called me about a painted turtle that got hit by a car. I said, oh, I'd love to help, but one, I don't have a vet budget, and two, it's, it's a paint, it's native, I can't take it. But here, call these guys, and they'll call you back, and they'll take you. And sometimes people, uh, wild care will call me saying, yeah, someone's got a ball python or a red tail, you know, and we can't take that. We can only take native. So it's, it's really nice kind of a symbiotic relationship we've got working back and forth. And the same thing with the local humane society. I work with them, too. Mm, that's cool. And so you have one helper that helps you out so far? Well, one full-time helper. He's basically my significant other. Uh, I have two sons, and they help out. My 12-year-old is in love with reptiles, which makes me happy. Um, he he owns one of the beardies that we still have here. That's Mo. He, he's got Mo up in his room. And uh, he uh, fell in love with a bumblebee ball python, so hopefully uh, maybe this year I'll be able to get him a, a bumblebee. But, uh, yeah, they help out. I've actually had some people contacting me recently 
um, about interning with me, and I'm like, I don't have a place for you to intern at yet, but hang on. But yeah, it, well, that was it, my next question for you. Like, like how big do you would you like to see your operation get, and like how much can you can you take on without it, uh, you know, conflicting with working and whatever else you have to do? Well, I don't. I have health problems, so I don't uh, work. I guess I'd be the the non PC thing is I'm a homemaker. But okay. uh, I, I do work. I do a lot. Of, what? That is work. Yes, it is. It is work. I have two sons. I never know what's going to blow up next at my house. Um, Perhaps the hardest job sometimes. Yeah, it is, and unpaid. But <clears throat> I do uh, work. There's a community radio station here in Bloomington, Indiana, called WFHB. It's 100%. Well, we, it's got some paid staff, you know, to run it and stuff. But it's volunteer powered. Uh, their phrase is listener supported, volunteer powered. And I'm a volunteer there. I'm a DJ there once a week with a, a radio show. Darren and I do a radio show. We uh, play all kinds of music, including what we call local music. And we always say, well, everybody's local somewhere. So we've had people submitting on, uh, like tw- via Twitter. We've had stuff from up-and-coming bands from like Greece and Finland and Sweden and Australia, Germany. We get a lot from Germany. So we do that. And I'm also on the board of directors for that. Um, radio station so i do i spend a lot of hours with them so i guess that would be my quote-unquote job but uh what Mm -hmm. i'd really like to see because i've been i've 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 been studying this 501c for a long time i didn't want to rush into it i wanted to make sure i was ready for it and because it's a lot of paperwork and that is i like the animals (laughs) i love going to the demos and i don't mind uh scooping poop and all that stuff but paperwork kind of raises my hackles, but I, I I would like to get Scaly Tales to the point where it will continue without me down down the road. When it gets to a point where I cannot do it anymore or I'm gone, um, it won't be something that falls onto my kids' shoulders. I would like to get it to the point where it's self-sufficient, where it's right. still doing the demos. And I've had so much help because people say, oh, you're, you're an expert and stuff. I'm like, yeah. And Darren will speak up, don't call her that. She doesn't like being called an expert. I say, I'm an advocate. I'm a very passionate advocate for reptiles and amphibians. And people say, oh, you're so knowledgeable. I say, oh, no. Go spend a few minutes at a, at a, a reptile society or a reptile expo. You'll see people way more informed than me. And people ask me, how did you? I said, well, I, I started by reading books, and I continued reading books. And then once the Internet came along, I said, you got to be careful with the Internet because, you know, you could post anything up there, but uh, I, I try to spend an hour a day, at least 30 minutes to an hour a day, researching something new on reptiles. I never know what's going to come through the door anyways. This summer, I've always wanted a sulcata, but I wanted to wait till we had a bigger place for it. This summer, two different sulcatas were released in Bloomington, Indiana, which is really weird. Um, I got a phone call from a young man who found one near a local park, he was on oh his moped, and I guess he put it on his lap and rode it home on his moped. And oh, uh, I scoured for three months trying to find out who owned it and trying to get it back to its owner. And Wildcare contacted me during that and said, hey, weirdest thing, somebody turned a sulcata loose on the west side of town. And do you, I said, no, actually, I'm good on sulcatas. Thank you. But <laughs> it was really weird, two of those in one summer. And She's a juvenile. She's probably anywhere at three to seven years of age because I know they all have their individual growth rates. She weighs about 25 pounds right now, 
and we're thinking somebody freaked out because she just kept growing and didn't yeah. stop growing, which is really frustrating. I get all these weird excuses for stuff. I'm like, well, why didn't you just Google the care of that animal? You, you can do that now, you know. You could be at a, yeah. a reptile expo and take two minutes and know the proper care of an animal before you buy it. But I still run into a lot of people, oh, well, the pet store said, you know. Oh, yeah. I hear a lot yeah. of It'll. They said it'll grow to the size of the cage I put it in. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't even work with fish. Yeah, no, definitely not. Especially with a sulcata tortoise, they get pretty big. Well, um, so you think the tortoise walked from one side of town to the other, or what, what do you think? No, there were two different ones. Oh, two the, different the one ones I have is a female, yeah. and the one they have is a much smaller male. So I'm kind wow. of on the southeast side of Bloomington, and I grew up in the Bryan Park area, and so I I kind of went into the. Uh, uh, I have. A, I used to be on a mailing list. I'm still on the mailing list. So I contacted them. Said, "Do you guys know anybody?" And someone wrote back, "Thank God. I'm so glad you posted that." I kept trying to explain to my wife. I saw a kid with a sulcata on a moped, and she thought I'd lost my mind. She said, "No, he tootled it home on 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 his lap on a moped." And uh, sounds, when I first, it sounds to me like we need more reptile rescues. It's it's sad because it's the funding. It's. I mean, like I said, I work with the Humane Society here in town, and not the HSUS. Don't get me started on them. But the local <laughs> uh, Monroe County Humane Society, and they're struggling. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they've been around forever, and they've been no-kill for several years, which really increases their cost. They network with a lot of – you have to network to survive with this kind of stuff. And um, if it wasn't for all the awesome reptile people out there, if I could, would it be okay if I thanked a few people right now? Go right ahead, Absolutely. Some people that have really steered me, the Hoosier Herpetological Society really took in uh, a chatterbox person who loved reptiles and wanted to know more, 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 more. All the people there, uh, Brian Bernadine in Indianapolis is my go-to guy for large, for large snakes and for uh, other sulcatas I've sent to him. Uh, Chris Law roaming, of Roaming Reptiles and Brandon Fowler of Roaming Reptiles. Christina Obrecht of Christina's, I think it's Christina's Critters out in Pennsylvania. Yes, she's, if it wasn't she's been on the, the show. Network, what, she has? Cool. Yep, absolutely. Yep. She is awesome. She has. She puts up with all my questions. What about this? What do you do with this? What kind of a form do you use for this? And right now I've been pestering her. Okay, I'm trying to figure out my bylaws and uh, the paperwork. Uh, like I work with SaveTheFrogs.com, and when they were first forming um, – Kerry Krieger, he's another guy that helped me. He told me which book to use from NOLO.com. Basically, it translates legal into English, but it's still it, – I would not recommend you just jump lightly into getting a 501c3. It's, uh, it's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, tell us a, a little bit about the process. Tell us a little bit about that process, if you want. <clears throat> okay, well, first got to figure out if it's worth it for you. If you're just like never have more than 10 reptiles – and it all fits in your laundry room, or you're not going to be a good candidate for it. You have to have a board, and in Indiana you have to have a board consisting of a minimum of three members. There's Darren and myself, because, you know, we're the two workhorses of Scaly Tales, and I'm working with someone who actually I know from the radio station who has worked on the nonprofit aspect, and he's interested in joining the board. So you have to have a board that meets regularly like once a month or every two months. So you got to have a board and someone who's willing to, you know, do it for free. And then you have to look up. Each state has a lookup page where you type in your business name. 
because mm-hmm. you can't incorporate as scaly tails if there's like another scaly tails. Um, there's, there's some close ones, like in Australia, there's a scales and tails, which I didn't know about for years. Um, it took me weeks. I I was anywhere I was going, I was scribbling down. What about this? What about this? And then I just hit on it, scaly tails with a Z of course, which helps make it more distinct, but, uh, you got to figure out your name and then, cause right now we're just DBA doing business as, so we could open a business checking account for the scaly tails. But what we need to do is the first thing I need to do after I get that guy, once I'm 100% I've got my board, my board members, then I have to file my articles of incorporation. I am incor- I will be incorporating Scaly Tales. And once you file your articles of incorporation, then you have to fill, you know, basically saying what, what is it you're going to do? What, what, what is your mission statement? What are you going to do? And then you have to uh, do your bylaws, which having been on the board – for two years for the radio station, bylaws can be a real tricky pain. So I've been studying bylaws from other rescues. I've been talking to people. There's several people in town that work at nonprofits that are volunteering their time to hold my hand basically and help me through this. And we haven't even started on the bylaws yet because once you've got them, they're kind of you can put in a way to change them, but you've got to make them where it's not super easy to change them. I mean, it's like um, like Everything from how how long can someone serve on the board to every every 501c3, whether it's animals or people or saving the forest or whatever, has to have a dissolution plan. If something goes wrong and you have to dissolve Scaly Tails as a 501c3, you have to have it in writing. Where does all the stuff go? Like, you know, where do all the cages go? Where would all the reptiles go? Where would all the binders go? And you have to have a uh, a plan to, you know, who gets this in, God forbid, if it, if it fails and doesn't work. So you have to do all that. And let me think what else. Um, now, it's cheaper if you do it yourself, but it's more nerve-wracking because you got to, you know, make sure it's – if you don't do it just right, and but nolo.com or nolopress.com is great for anything legal that people want to do themselves, and it spells mm-hmm. out every step you've got. And the book I've got comes with a CD-ROM of forms, but you can access their website for a lot of help too. And because even even doing it myself, just myself, no lawyer or anything, the fee to file for a 501c3 is $500. Oh wow! Yeah. And I'm like. Part of me is going, but I'm a nonprofit. I could buy yeah, a nice vision. I could get a vision cage for that dude. <laughs> Do you know how many <laughs> feeder rats I could get for that? No. But that's been one of the, the major things stopping us. Is one I didn't feel I was ready. Uh, there's a lovely nonprofit center in the local library here in Bloomington, and I've been working with them. I started three or four years ago talking to them about stuff and working it. And at the time, we both agreed I wasn't quite ready for it. But considering the fact that I really was at capacity in my house and the landlord being weird about it, which I'm not going to say who I rent from because I like living here and I want to stay here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> And I totally understand. If you've got a fear, it's not a groundless fear. It's not a baseless fear. It's a fear, you know. I've seen people yeah. terrified of crickets. I feel, to me, that seems kind of silly, but to them, it's totally real. I have people asking me, oh, God, you don't have tarantulas, do you? I mean, everybody's got something. I mean, years and years ago when I was a kid, I was scared of reptiles, but I was also curious about them. That's the thing. I always was curious about animals. And 
you know, you just got to figure out what it is. I, I've helped people get over their fears. I've kind of like, uh, I don't know, would you call it immersion therapy or, but, you know, I, I, and one thing that we always stress at our shows, because we do a lot, um, last year we did 42 shows, 42 wow. uh, educational demos. Yeah, and a couple of years ago I started very low price fees for them, because when I first started, the first several years, I did them for free. But and I was counting on donations, but you can't do that. It it'll be like <laughs> I just talked to a hundred kids and you gave me five dollars. Yay! That's not even gas money. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is now. The pr- price is going down. But um, yeah. I, I hopefully for I the, hopefully the last. I hope it does too, because I have a well, I have a minivan now. Before I had a Jeep that was addicted to gasoline. It wasn't a very gas efficient thing. But uh, and people are like get something little. I'm like, um, I have cages and tubs and stuff. I have to transport to demos and expos and stuff. Um, a Prius is beyond my price range, and there's no way I could do a real demo with a Prius. I mean, yeah, uh, unless I've got the kids bigger. strapped on the hood or something. Well, so, actually, um, I was in my uh, my co-host Tim has a Prius, and we fit a we fit a cooler in there, like a like a Coca Cola fridge, mini fridge. It was a pretty big one, like. Three wow. feet, three foot long, and it fit in there. He's got the hashback model. Um, wow. Check him out. You might be surprised. They might. Yeah, I was surprised how big those minis are. The the country club countrymen, the four door ones. But the other thing we're running up against is I don't have any money for that. <laughs> yeah. I have a oh, I have a ninety eight and ninety seven van, but it works. It gets me from point A to point B and back to A again. But uh, yeah, you just mm. gotta you gotta. Well, like everything, you got to research. But in, in my demos, one of the things I say is, okay, well, our joke is, okay, we have one rule, no screaming. And I pat Darren's shoulder and go, you'll scare Darren, and he's my right home. And how we do it, it's kind of like <laughs> show and tell. I'll bring an animal out. I'll start talking about, like, hi, this is Guinevere. She's a bearded dragon. They're called a central or an inland. And I'll hand it off to Darren. I'll say, now, Darren will come around with each animal by turn, and if you want to touch or pet it, you can. Just don't touch their heads. And if you don't, please don't smack the animal. Please don't smack Darren. Just say, no, thank you, and we won't get our feelings hurt. Because I never want someone to think they're going to, oh, my God, I have to touch that when it comes by me. And we make it no, really good. clear we never, yeah, we never yeah. force it on someone. Because if someone's already scared of the animal and they're going to feel pressured because their best is going to be, oh, go ahead and pet it. So we don't do that. I, I hate it when I see people scaring, oh, scary with a snake. I'm like, yeah, you just set us back three years. Thanks a lot. But <laughs> I, I I never force them on stuff. I never take them to places if it's not a, you know, I don't I don't walk around downtown with one of my snakes around my neck. That would be really inappropriate. And yeah, a you're good responsible for yeah, I, I don't I don't want to trigger any kind of laws laws being formed or anything. Um, I want to be you know responsible and respectable, respectful of uh, people's you know their space, their their fears. Um, I mean, I've done all kinds of demos. Everything from I do birthday parties. I've done I've done elder care centers. I've done daycares. I've done all kinds of school assemblies, all, all shapes and sizes. Libraries. We have a museum of science and technology called Wonder Lab. I've, I've been there with my animals. Um, I did last year. I did the Celebrate Science Expo in Indianapolis, which was like huge, like ten thousand attendees, which was a little nerve wracking. 
It was big. NASA had wow, a huge corner is. all to themselves. They had their own custom RV and everything. And I'm like, hi, I have I have reptiles and a banner. How you doing? <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, you just gotta. You can't do this alone. There's no way you can do something like this alone, a rescue or education, because um, you'll burn out. You, you'll, you'll, yeah, and you don't want to burn out with, with animals. Yeah, I mean, when the animals suffer, I mean, I think that's another problem is people wind up getting really excited about the hobby and then they take on like a lot of bull pythons or maybe a lot of geckos and then they start they want oh I want to breed them I want to I want to be like David Swain geckos I want to breed all kinds of geckos so they go breed all kinds of geckos and then next year when they they they're not maybe they're not good in marketing or business wise then they're stuck with all these animals they have to sell them they can't sell them and then where do these animals go they wind up on Craigslist or uh, oh, rescues yeah. if 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 they're lucky enough to find a rescue. And, yeah, you know, the biggest I, uh, the two biggest groups I've ever worked with on rescues uh, of taking in animals was when I got my red tail. I got two red tails, and the guy said they were juvenile. And like when I got there, I'm like, yeah, your idea of juvenile and my idea of juvenile are miles apart. They were really big, and I yeah. I, I got five snakes from this one guy: two red tails, um, two western hognose, and a king snake. And the female was so dehydrated, even after going to the vet, she ended up dying, which is the saddest part. I hate it. Like, one time I got a leopard gecko. We were the consequences of this teenager. Not He kept it on sand, and, and, you know, it's a desert animal, so they don't need water bowls, right? Mm, So it it didn't have a moist hide. It it had layers and layers of shed. Its eyes were fused shut from shed, and it couldn't see to hunt. And I had it for about a week. I just made it comfortable, kept it really warm, tried to tried to guide crickets to its mouth and stuff. But that you got to deal with that. I mean, I love animals. I've got a big heart, which makes it really painful when, you know, they bring something to me. It, yeah. It's not been eating. It's I can see its bones. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll just make it comfortable. But you know, also I don't breed. Um, I don't feel I know. How do you enough. feel about I, breeders? How do you feel about breeders in general? I think breeders in general overall are great. Um, there are some reptiles that only exist, and you could do that in animals in general. There are some animals that only exist in zoos or in private collections, and like that, they're, they've been doing some good work with the tuataras. You know, yeah. they've been raising those, and I, from what I hear, the hellbenders, they've had some, some, some success in breeding those in, in facilities, like, like labs and stuff, and then releasing them because I know they've been really hit hard with chytrid. So overall, I have no problem with breeders. I mean, I prefer to get my animals, if it's not a rescue animal, if it's something I get myself, I get it from a breeder. My problem is, mm-hmm. I mean, it happens with all animals. It happens with dogs, with cats, with, you know, uh, what's the big thing, dagoos and all this stuff. You get what's called a backyard breeder. Now, um, small-time breeders doesn't equate backyard breeder. I was a small-time breeder of Afghan hounds, but I I did not overbreed. I was very careful. I always vetted all the people that my animals, you know, um, went to. And it's just people that will sell you anything. It's like, yeah, that thing's got a day left to live, and it's $50 lovely. And it's the people that, yep. I mean, there's always bad apples in every bunch. But yep. it, it's when I go to a show and I say, yeah, that that should not, you're going to be infecting everything in here. Um, that's the only ones I have problems with. Or the ones that go, hey, look at, 
Brian Barchick. I'm going to be Brian Barchick, which I have nothing against Brian Barchick. He's got some really cool Morsi breeds. But then yeah. people don't realize that didn't happen overnight. So, no. you know, <clears throat> excuse me, that didn't happen overnight. So you go buy, like, four hats or something and one really expensive one, and it's 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 the luck of the dice. Uh, I've sat down and drawn Venn diagrams. No, Punnett squares. I've, I've I've tried to explain to people: you take two heads and breed them. You're not you're not just going to get an entire clutch of of uh, pieds. Okay, it doesn't work that way. That's not how nature yeah. works. And I've tried to explain it to people. I'm like, yeah, but there, there's a chance, right? I'm like, yeah, well, there's a chance I could win the lottery. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but your odds are better. Well, let me ask you this: you talk you talked about how you used to vet people before you. Um, before you gave away the animals that you worked with. What about, uh, Taya in the group asks about rehoming rescue animals. Have you, like, gotten to the point where you have too many and you start rehoming them to the public? And if so, do you vet them, or how do you find appropriate homes for them? Um, word of mouth gets out. Like when I had nine or ten bearded dragons, I had to find them new homes. I mean, basically, if you just t- rehome animals and you never uh, find if you basically rescue animals and never rehome them, at some point you're just going to become a hoarder, you know? Mm-hmm. Like these, I yeah. see rescues where it's like, I've got 50 iguanas, but I can't find a decent home for them. It's like, okay, lower your standards a little bit. But, you know, you got to be careful. If it's somebody that shows up that's like obviously has no clue what the animal is, um, I talk to them. I talk to them, and I see what they know, Um Nobody's born knowing any of this. We all had to learn it one way or another. So mm-hmm. I talk to people, and that's one of the services I offer right now is um, among rescuing and education and all that is I will teach people. I will show you the proper way to set up an enclosure. I will show you how to, how to you know, take care of your feeder animals. I will show you, you know, I will teach you. I will work with you. I'd much rather it goes with you and stays with you. I don't want you to come back knocking on my door going, this ain't going to work. So, you know, but I also keep a file. I've gotten, uh, in the very beginning, I didn't keep information on people, but I do now. I, I started, you fill out a form and... Um, you know, and I've got it specified in the form. If you can't keep the animal, please contact me first. Don't mm-hmm. just turn it, for the love of God, don't turn it loose. Um, yep. Whoever turned those two sulcatas loose must have thought they were just going to live in the wild. And oh, they didn't right. understand that they don't have winter in Africa there. like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad someone found them because uh, they could have been killed by a dog or a car or froze to death. So I'm happy they got them. Uh, she's a handful. I named her Panzer because she's basically a tank. And <laughs> yeah, they are. We put a we put a gate down in the kitchen and let her roam around. And it's a tile floor kitchen, so I went out and bought an indoor outdoor carpet that's flat for her. And yeah, she's spoiled, but because she kept slipping on the tiles. So uh, I caught her the other day. I heard a noise. I thought it was one of the kids messing around in the kitchen. I went downstairs and. Uh, she was on her hind legs, struggling to try to get the refrigerator door open. She figured out that's where the green stuff lives. I'll just no, help they're myself. Smart. Oh, they are. They are People like smart. oh, oh, they're just reptiles. They don't have any feelings. I'm like, well, they're not going to come when you whistle, okay? Now, my my beardies, if they see I've got the cup with the crickets in it, they get excited and start dancing around. Um, you know. And and the, the Sokata yeah. is smart. He's crazy smart. 
but they're not. It's not the same as a dog or cat. And once people get that, understand that, um, it's it's easier. I try to tell people there's no such thing as really as a tame reptile because none of these guys are domesticated. You know, they're 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 just some that are easier to handle and some that are crazy. I've had a few that I've just kept for their lifetime. Like I had a, a garter snake that was nuts. That was just he was like six or seven years old and they couldn't keep him anymore he just was going crazy and striking and i knew i couldn't use him in any demos and and i knew unless i found someone who knew garters and knew to deal with it and i ended up never finding it i could never find anybody so cosmo just left he was like 15 when he passed or something but um he just lived out his life with me i've got a couple of those that are that are like that and i'm not going to rehome something that's not ready to be rehomed you know just to clear out a cage or make space but yeah i do talk to people i do uh rehome animals uh right now i've got a few ball pythons available for home but it's harder to find those guys homes because like you said you can go on craigslist although i've seen some i've seen some people asking some crazy high prices for things like ball pythons and red tails and it's like oh three hundred dollars for a ball python really wow Oh, there's some crazy people on Craigslist. <laughs> I like going yeah. on there and looking for stuff like ads for breaded dragons and things like that. <laughs> oh, it's a breaded dragon. I'm, I'm going to yeah. drill these days because I like low fat, but, you know, it, it's funny. <laughs> I mean, people make mistakes, but my my work, and when I'm teaching in a, in a classroom, when I'm doing a demo, I'll say, hey, guys, let's say my favorite word. And my favorite word is research. And I'll get the kids to yell it a couple of times. I'll say, you have to research. Whether it's a reptile or an amphibian or a dog or a cat or a bird or a pet rock, you got to research it, except for the pet rock. Mm-hmm. you got to research yeah. it. you got to figure out what's going on. you got to figure out what it needs. Um, I've had so many weird excuses. Oh, well, it's poop smells. I'm like, and yours is a rose garden? I think I said something to the effect of them. You know, it's it's there's this book I used to hold up this book. See this book? Everybody poops. It applies to animals as well. And is you know, a book I just, like that? There is for kids. It's for, for, for toddlers, it's called Everybody Poops. And I'm like, <laughs> it's great. true. Everybody poops. And I mean, I said you've got to be able to feed bugs to something or you've got to be able well, now I feed frozen thought, I don't feed live, but you still have to be able to take something and feed it to something else. I had one lady call, she'd wanted a snake all her life. She's vegan and she got one for like her birthday present and she wanted to know how Uh-oh. to make her snake vegan and I was trying to explain oh to her you can't. It's an obligate carnivore. If it doesn't have meat, it'll die. So it's oh kind God. of frustrating sometimes because that's not that's not a natural choice. That's that's something that humans do because we we get into these existential levels and stuff. And I have nothing against vegans. I'm not vegan, but I have nothing against vegans. But like I tell people in my demos, I ask them, does anybody know what do cats? And I say not just not just fluffy, big cats, little cats, medium cats. What do cats, ferrets, and snakes all have in common? And sometimes they'll get it. They'll say, they all eat meat or something. Uh, and I say, yeah, that's it. They're all obligate carnivores. They have to have meat. You can't change that. There's no snake kibble you can buy. Yeah, their systems are totally designed for that. Um, Cheryl, mm-hmm. um, we're coming. I'm not going to keep you on all night because I know you got to do your thing in the morning, but um, we're coming to the end of the show, and I'd like to give you an opportunity to maybe uh, not only to give out any information you can to, for people to find you and to donate to your your cause, but also any advice you may have for somebody that's thinking about 
uh, starting up their own rescue. Because I, I see it a lot of time where people get the idea in the head that they want to start up. So um, take it away from there. What do you think? Okay. Well, first off, uh, our web page, which is not fancy, it's a free one, uh, is scalytales, S-C-A-L-Y-T-A-I-L-Z, dot webs, W-E-B-S, dot com. And there's a link on there to the CrowdRise Fund that we've been running. So, and the nice thing about it is, as soon as you donate the money, it goes to us. It's not like Kickstarter. Uh, as soon as a donation is made, it goes directly to us. And we thank you, everybody that's donated already, and we appreciate the donations. And if you want to start your own rescue, um, research it. The same as caring for a pet. Research it. Figure out how much, quote-unquote, spare time you have in your life, how much time you would have, because I can't go on vacations. There is There is no one I know that would babysit a dog, a cat, a bird, and 28 reptiles, you know. Um, at least they don't have to walk the reptiles, but you got to figure things like that are going to be impinged upon. Do you have space for it? Like like I said, at one point, I didn't have a dining room slash living room. I had a big reptile room. You have to, you have the space. And do you have the money? And people go, oh, it's, it's, it's cost you nothing, right? You get the animals for free. I'm like, well, I never pay for an animal that's been surrendered to me, but we talked earlier, my electric bill is just insanely heinous. Now, someone yeah. else's electric bills are insanely heinous, and I'm paying for th- their bills. But you've got electric, you've got supplies, because enclosures and stuff, for the most part, are a one-time purchase, but you're always going to need more enclosures. And <clears throat> excuse me. And you're always going to need feeder animals. You're going to need feeder rodents or, or feeder bugs. Or greens, we go through, We got four tortoises. One's a sulcata and one's a redfoot, so we go through a lot of veggies and greens. One thing I do is I go to various local stores and ask them for their gleanings, the stuff that they clean off because it's got bug bites on it or something so it wouldn't sell to people. I do that mm-hmm. to help cut the budget. Um, there's vet bills. God forbid if something gets sick, you know, because it's one that's Finding a reptile vet and two affording yeah. a reptile vet. Um, right now, there's not. There used to be one in Bloomington, but there's none now. So I have to go up to Indianapolis, which is like an hour and a half drive each way. Um, you know, and do you have the time? If you've got a family, <clears throat> this is going to infect your whole family. Um, this is going to cause you know d- delays in going on vacation. This is going to you know, it's going to take up your time, your money, your space, but it's also going to affect your family. Your family's going to be affected by this. And you mm-hmm. got to be in it for the long haul. And if you and always be aware if you feel like you're drowning, you're not alone. There are so many people out there whether they rescue reptiles or they breed reptiles or they do educational demonstrations, just reach out. It's so easy these days with uh, Twitter and Facebook and I think MySpace is still out there. Um, and 16 other probably things that I'm not on. So so reach out, and don't reach out just when you're struggling. Reach out immediately. Talk to other people and say, what do you think about this idea, and what what advice could you give me, and, and talk to other people. We love to talk about reptiles, reptile rescues, and other people do, so talk to us and make networking. If it wasn't for my networking, I probably would have put my head through the wall by banging it on it years ago. But networking and getting help from others um, is the best thing, and don't just jump into it. 
think it out, plan it out, figure it out, you know, it's going to impinge your life. In ways, it'll impinge yeah. it in a really good way. It'll be really awesome. But there are going to be days when you're crying over a leopard gecko that wasn't fed right or wasn't fed properly, or, you know, you've got this hugely pyramided uh, tortoise that just came in, and you're you're trying to see if its kidneys are still functioning and seeing if it'll pass water and, you know, and there are days when you're just in tears and you got to be able to ride the good and the bad. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I hope I haven't terrified everybody from ever becoming a reptile rescuer, but, you know. No, I think it was a great, I think it was a great show, Cheryl. I think we got a lot of information out, actually. um, Thank you. I'd like to encourage people to try this because we need more and maybe we can create a, a network so there's a website that people can go to and they, you know, and, and well, actually, there's one that's rescue. really good. A Napsid, okay. I think it's a Napsid.com. Uh, Melissa Kaplan, who is like the godmother of reptile stuff. Um, uh-huh. Unfortunately, it's not kept up to date that often because, you know, if someone's going out of business, they don't say, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. But, uh, yeah, um, if you want to get your rescue listed, she has a listing of all the rescues and all the herp societies by state. So that's a good start. Find out where the nearest herp society is to you and start talking with like-minded people. Um, get involved with stuff like Save the Frogs. U.S. Arc, I'm a huge supporter of U.S. Arc. They are doing a tremendous job. Um, they even yeah. gave me a banner to uh, hang up at my some of my bigger demos for them. And, you know, just, just get involved. You don't have to start out with a huge facility. I mean, I still don't have a huge facility, and I've been in this since '97. You just have to, you know, <clears throat> plan it and, um, you know, be available, be ready. But like everything, research it. That's that's what it takes. And you got to have the love because there's days when it's only your love of reptiles that keeps you from just throwing everybody outside with the kids. <laughs> that's true. you got to have the passion for it. Absolutely. Well, Cheryl, it's been great having you on the show, seriously. And uh, I'd like to consider coming back on maybe next year when – uh, things are uh, settled down. You got your tax thing, and let us know how you're doing. And if you need to need to pop on for any plugs or anything, you know, you feel free. You can call in any time. Oh, thank you so much, David. I, I've had a blast being on. As you can tell, I'm really uh, passionate luck- about reptiles. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I wish you a lot of luck with your um, with your your TV show uh, this morning. Later, well, later tomorrow morning. I hope it goes good. Yep. Hopefully, I'll get two hours of sleep for you. <laughs> But yeah, I'll be fine. It's I've been I've been appropriating my naps this this weekend planning for it. It just hit me on Friday. It's like, wait, how the heck did I schedule that to happen that way? And I'm like, oh, it just happened that way. But uh, yeah, I've been on yeah. uh, Fox. It's Fox. It's not actually Fox News. You know, the big. It's it's the local affiliate, Fox 59, and it's their morning news show. And I've been on there once before, so it's not as nerve wracking as going on the first time. So still yeah, TV. That's cool. The cool thing is one of the hosts, um, I can't remember his name, I blanked on, but one of the newscasters at the first one I did, he at, he begged to hold a snake, and when our bit was over, he asked me, can I take this over to the desk for, for the next newscast? And so I had to wait around till it was done, and when the lady, she goes, oh, and he really wants to hold one of the snakes for the snake thing. I said, yeah, okay, that's fine. He, he knows what he's doing. But it was really amazing to find somebody like that that, that was on the news thing that just loved holding the reptiles. That's cool. Yeah. Well, 
Well, we, again, it was such a good time talking to you tonight, and lots of luck, Cheryl. I hope your rescue goes good. I hope all the animals do well for you, too. Thank you so much, Dave, and you do a great job. You keep it up, too. Thank you. All right, good luck, Cheryl. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye now. All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, another great reptile rescue. In effect, uh, if you have a passion for it, it's not for everybody, but... You can certainly give it a shot. And uh, even if you're not really wanting to start your own rescue, like I said at the beginning, judge, consider taking in a pet or two that is that needs a home that may not be the best breed or animal or, you know, something that's going to actually make you any money. I got geckos here that I'm never going to breed, and, you know, they're pet-only types, and they're sentimental to me, and I'm, I'm happy to have them. And uh, I think everybody should have a couple like that, you know, if you can, if you, even if you're a serious breeder. And a lot of us do, okay? And uh, especially with dogs, too. I mean, dogs are, I, it really breaks my heart seeing things on TV about dogs that don't find homes and these shelters that can't care for them all. And there's so many great animals that go, you know, get put down, and it's it's a shame. And if you can... You know, find it in your heart to take in a dog or a cat or something like that. That's that's also really big of you, too. But um, I hope you guys learned a little bit tonight from this episode. I hope it inspired you a little bit. Uh, like I said, next week we have Jason White from Reptile 411, Daily Reptile News. You guys know him from YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk to with Jay, with Jay, but it's always a great show. He's got a lot of uh, interesting opinions and views about things, and he's been in the reptile community for a long time, so that should be a fun episode. I'm going to play a cool song for you guys at the end of the show, but before I do, I just want to mention our sponsors, of course. All right, and Cheryl, if you're still listening, uh, try to contact some of our sponsors, too. They can probably help you out. You know, let them know that uh, when you get your tax thing, let them know you're a rescue, and maybe they can help you out with some insects or whatever, supplies. All right, number one, let's do, well, let's start with A. AB Dragons, abdragons.com, best source for dubia roaches. And they breed all kinds of other roaches now, too. So you guys can find some really obscure things that you probably don't see every day, maybe smaller, bigger roaches, you know, that aren't just dubia. So definitely give AB Dragons a shot. The code for them for, I think, at least 5% off, maybe it's 10% off now, is GECKO, all in caps. So use the code GECKO with abdragons.com. And Rainbow Mealworms. We love Rainbow Mealworms. Best prices on mealworms, best customer service that I found. I use them exclusively. I get 30,000 worms at a clip here, so it's a bit crazy. But uh, never have a problem with rainbow. I love them. Ask for Jillian, okay, at rainbowmealworms.net, and she will help you out. they got all kinds of other insects, too, there. All right, and let's see. Let's talk about Reptiles Express. If you guys are shipping animals anywhere in the U.S., now you can ship to Canada and Puerto Rico. Use reptilesexpress.com for your FedEx labels. Ship the right way, ship the legal way, ship with the company that has the best customer service and lowest prices that I've found for the labels. And awesome reptile shipping supplies. All right? So definitely check out Reptiles Express. Membership is free. And if you have any questions, ask for Amy. She'll totally help you out. And, of course, sooner or later you're going to get tired of all these fish tanks all over your room or your living room, dining room, and you're going to say, all right, I've had enough. I need a rack system. Well, 
one of the best rack system manufacturers using the highest quality materials is doing very, very well right now, and that is SeaSerpents.com. Check out SeaSerpents. That's C-S-E-R-P-E-N-T-S.com. And also HotboxIncubators.com. Okay, so check them both out. You're going to get the best racks, best incubators around. And for more reptile supplies, DBDPet.com. All right, check out DBDPet.com. They have basically anything you can buy at your big box pet stores or online at even better prices. And we're going to give you a, uh, at least a 5% off discount code. Use the code GNR5, okay, all in caps at checkout. And if you're at any of the reptile expos in the Northeast, ask, just mention the show to any of the workers there that work for DVD Pet, Dale and the Dragons. They're going to hook you up with 10% off just like that. It's, it's really easy. Awesome business, family-run business, doing really well. Um, I can't believe how fast they're growing, but, you know, when you do things the right way, that's what happens at dbdpet.com. And they have an app, too, now, okay? Let's see. Oh, she was starting a little operation, a little business, and you need some banners, stickers, or promotional items, some graphic design work, definitely check out reptilestickers.com. And uh, happy gecko stickers on Facebook. Ask for Rachel. And uh, if very talented, she'll totally help you out. All right, let's see. Of course, let's talk about some awesome breeders. Uh, yeah, these are awesome people. We'll start with Gecko Boa Reptiles, geckoboa.com. That's John Scarborough. If you guys want really high-end leopard gecko morphs and wild types, check out John Scarborough's work. He's very well-known, very well-respected, uh, one of my favorite breeders, and uh, some really unique projects he's working on. So always something cool coming from John at Gecko Boa. And he's been on the show a few times. You guys can listen to some of his episodes in the past. That's geckoboa.com and geckoboa reptiles on Facebook. And of course, we have Ohio Gecko. Check out Ohio Gecko for tangerines and uh, fat tails and enigmas and all kinds of cool stuff. That's ohiogecko.com. Ask for Thad, he'll help you out. And Mr. Wally Kern over at Supreme Gecko. Day geckos, crusties, you name it. Even small geckos you've probably never even heard of. Check out Wally Kern at Supreme Gecko. Awesome business. The site is not just for sales. It's got a wealth of information there, and it links to his YouTube videos on how to care for stuff and how to build crested gecko cages and all kinds of cool stuff. All right, and last but not least, Mr. Ron Tremper, leopardgecko.com. Check out leopardgecko.com. For awesome leopard gecko morphs. All right, if it wasn't for Ron Tremper, we would not be having so much fun with leopard gecko morphs today. And he's got a couple of great apps. LG Pro, that's Leopard Gecko Pro. It's in the app store under LG Pro. That's like an encyclopedia of morphs for you guys. If you're new to the hobby, check it out. And also, there's an app called Leopard Gecko Care, basically a handbook for leopard geckos on your smartphone. And there's a couple other apps too he's got. Definitely check out his website first and then look at his apps. That's leopardgecko.com. All right, folks, uh, another great show comes to a close. I'm feeling, uh, feeling a little country music tonight, maybe. How about, how about Mark Wills? Yeah, that sounds good, Dave. All right, here we go. Thanks for listening, folks. Until next time. Star Wars at least eight times.
times had the Pac-Man pattern memorized. And I've seen the stuff they put inside. Stretch Armstrong, yeah. Roger style bag in my backyard Had a shoebox full of baseball cards And a couple of evil Knievel scars On my right arm Well, I was a kid when Elvis died And my mama cried It was 1970-something In the world that I grew up in Bear Fawcett hairdo days Bell bottoms and A-track pace Looking back now, I can see me. Oh, man, did I look cheesy. But I wouldn't trade those days for nothing. Oh, it was 1970-something. Yeah. It was the dawning of a new decade. We got our first microwave. Dad broke down and finally shaved the most sideburns off. Took the stickers off of my Rubik's Cube Watched MTV all afternoon My first love was Daisy Duke and them cut-off jeans Space shuttle fell out of the sky And the whole world cried It was 1980-something In the world that I grew up in Skating rinks and black transams Big hair and parachute pants Looking back now, I can see me. Oh, man, did I look cheesy. I wouldn't trade those days for nothing. Oh, it was 1980-something. Now I got a mortgage and an SUV. But all this responsibility makes me wish sometimes. Big hair and parachute pants 